And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. It is always nice to be with you. We talk about health healing and healthy lifestyles. We invite experts of both Western medicine and natural medicine to share with us their expertise, their passion, and um, hopefully we can help you and maybe give you a piece of the puzzle in your quest for better health. The answer is not always here. Uh, we just hope that we can give you the good information, education, and entertainment and use it to your own discretion. We always suggest that if in doubt, see a physician or a specialist of your own choice and then learn more about what is ailing you either for yourself or somebody who's close to you. It is a, uh, it's been a very great program for the last five years, ever growing, ever growing in listenership, ever growing in interest from people to learn more on a weekly basis. And it is very nice to uh, have you with us. I'm your host, Jacobus Holloway. And today we are going to continue our, <laughs> our conversations with Dr. Dan Carter, who has been my guest quite a bit in the last uh, year and a half. And, uh, that is really because he is so knowledgeable and so down to earth and sharing with us the information that he knows as a scientist, as a student of the field of health, who is uh, continuously reading and staying up to date on what is available and, and, and comparing notes and just uh, being the best that he can be in his field. He's a naturopathic physician who has his own clinic. It's called Alpine Physicians Health Center, Alpine Physicians Health Center. It, and um, Dr. Dan Carter deals with pretty much anything that has to do with health. Uh, he is never afraid to, uh, to either look it up or give you an answer uh, right away about what he knows. And his knowledge is uh, definitely, definitely vast. And so it is very nice uh, uh, to have him with us. Dr. Dan, as always, it is very nice to have you with us on Sunday morning. I'm very mornings. happy to be here once again on this beautiful Sunday. It is gorgeous. Yes, thank you. Now, we were talking last time, the reason why you're back, uh, just not just because you're just a nice person, but uh, we never got done with our topic uh, about a month ago, and uh, we had an opening today, and you were gracious enough to come back and continue our conversation. We are talking about natural alternatives to over-the-counter medication and prescription drugs. Now, last week, of <clears throat> excuse me, last time, we talked about analgesics and pain relievers. We talked about antacids. Uh, the anti-inflammatories came up. Uh, now, uh, we also talked a little bit about antidepressants, but that was brief, and we can always go back on some of that. And what we're going to start out today with is uh, talking about antibiotics and antiviral medication. Uh, we all know, and most of us probably have used antibiotics when we were younger, even in a rare occasion as, as adults, but uh, there is a lot going on and a lot that we need to know. So, Dr. Dan, what can we say about antibiotics? Well, we can say a lot about antibiotics. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, came to the right person. <laughs> what I'd really like to... Uh, He's opening up his library. ...start right on yeah. is... Uh, if you wanted to start with antibiotics, we can, but I, I was thinking about going through the heart drugs first. You want to do the heart drugs first? Yeah, because I've got some uh, special stuff on it. All right. Well, let's, let's do about the... Yeah, no, that's great. So... Uh, so scrap that one. <laughs> I thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> this is this is good. Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, hypertension. Yes. 
<laughs> Hypertension is uh, high blood pressure. Because high blood pressure is such a uh, serious problem in the United States and worldwide, in fact. And what the problem is with high blood pressure is the system was never designed to operate uh, at anything but normal blood pressure. So what's the problem? Well, over time, it puts too much pressure on arteries, and so it causes uh, arteriosclerosis. Mm-hmm. And it can blow out small blood vessels where we don't want to have any bleeding, like the brain, and so we end up with stroke. It can affect the large blood vessels, like the aorta. And uh, the aorta starts out at the heart, Mm -hmm. but it goes all the way down the chest and abdominal cavity before it uh, splits off into major branches into the legs. And you can develop bulges in that big blood vessel called aneurysms and if they break of course that is usually not only painful but unless the person gets to a hospital very quickly it can be fatal. So what's the difference between thrombosis and aneurysms? Well thrombosis is actually a clot Clot. in a blood vessel. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the causes there are a little different. Uh, High blood pressure by itself won't necessarily cause uh, thrombosis or a clot, but uh, some of the side effects can contribute mm-hmm. once the vessel walls are damaged. One of the big things that happens with high blood pressure is uh, what's called congestive heart failure. All of that pressure coming back against the heart as it tries to pump the blood out uh, causes it to enlarge, and over time it really loses its efficiency and its effectiveness to pump and will fail. Yeah. You've heard of pump failure. Mm-hmm. It's in your water pump in your car. Well, your pump goes out in your body, and of course you don't... Uh, you don't start up anymore. You don't start up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up dead. <laughs> so it's really important I heard to, that last uh, night on TV. I thought it was kind of funny. You'll wake up dead. you wake up dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, extremely important to control. Uh, it shouldn't be let go, and the problem is that it's uh, what you might call a silent disease. Mm-hmm. People are usually asymptomatic until something shows up that uh, indicates hypertension. Mm-hmm. And so it's really uh, important to periodically see your doctor to evaluate blood pressure, especially if it's in your family. So how is it handled uh, with drugs? Well, there are are very effective drugs. One one class, and we won't discuss these exhaustively, but just to give some examples, there's beta blockers. <clears throat> they uh, decrease blood pressure, and the problem is they have uh, some side effects that aren't desirable, including extreme muscle weakness. So a lot of people that go on them their blood pressure goes down, but also the, they don't have any energy. I see. The problem with most drugs is that uh, in spite of trying to target a specific uh, receptor, uh, they are, they're not specific. And so they affect those receptors, the beta receptors in this case, uh, all over the body. Another class that lowers blood pressure is called calcium channel blockers. Mm-hmm. And we have calcium channels not only in the heart and blood vessels, but uh, all over the body once again, and so they can't target those 
specifically. And there are some really great nutritional calcium channel blockers available. <clears throat> Another class that's... So uh, calcium, uh, calcium channel blockers, um, it just means there's too much calcium in the blood vessel. Is that what's going on, really? And that you have to <clears throat> try to eliminate them from clumping together? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, what happens if you get uh, too much uh, calcium in the cell, within the cell, the cell doesn't function correctly. Correct. And uh, smooth muscle can't relax as it should. So most of your calcium is supposed to be in the bloodstream, mm -hmm. not in the cells. It's either in the bloodstream or in the bones mm -hmm. and most of what's inside of cells is magnesium and potassium. Uh -huh. And a lot of the body's energy is used up trying to keep calcium out and move magnesium and potassium in. Mm -hmm. And these uh, minerals move in and out through calcium channels. Okay. And so by blocking the calcium channel, you keep more energy within the cell and it's able to function better and relax the smooth muscle of the blood vessels. Uh-huh. So, we'll talk about some nice uh, natural calcium channel blockers. All right. Then there's another class uh, of more recent uh, blood pressure medications known as ACE inhibitors. Mm -hmm. And that stands for angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors. And angiotensin uh, can is one thing that works within a system of the kidney and it raises blood pressure. I so see. it's important to have that around so that you don't get so uh, such low blood pressure that you pass out all the time. But mm -hmm. uh, if you get too much, then you need to get that down. Mm -hmm. So the ACE inhibitors work well, but they don't just block angiotensin-converting enzyme. They also block the uh, formation of a very basic hormone known as aldosterone. Mm -hmm. Aldosterone is most commonly known for its uh, effects on mineral balance within the body, but uh, it, it also has a interaction and a regulatory effect on a lot of the other hormones on the body. So when you block that, you're, you're just asking for trouble. What, you know what, uh, what produces aldosterone? I mean, where is it, where is it made? I mean, most is this a trick question? No, 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 no. It's not a trick question. I mean, no. <laughs> sure, if you like it to be. No, I uh, yeah, because a lot of them are produced in, by by the pituitary, right? And uh, right. But, uh, or the adrenals. But uh, where's this one made? Is it made in the heart, or is it? Made, no, it's uh, not made in the heart. Liver. Uh, uh, I don't know. You know. I need to re review every physiology no book before I talk to you, don't I? Okay. Yeah. No. No. That's fine. Aldosterone, no, I would have to we'll, look that we'll up. Just, we'll just cut it out of the recording. <laughs> um, no problem. It we may have a break. It may come to me uh, briefly. As we go along. Mm -hmm. It's one of okay. those things. So, what are the uh, main things that we can use uh, naturally to to lower blood pressure? Mm -hmm. Well, there are quite a few things. Uh, magnesium. Yeah. Magnesium is uh, one of the principal intracellular, uh, I was going to say anions, but that's, you know, 
minerals. Mm -hmm. It's a positively charged ion, so it's an anion. But anyway, uh, magnesium and potassium have to get into the cell, and then they can relax this uh, smooth muscle that lines the or controls the arteries. So you mentioned magnesium with potassium, so you really feel that that is important to take together, well, not just magnesium it's, by itself. It's just that uh, they're both <laughs> major intracellular minerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, potassium uh, has a real effect on uh, electrical, electrically excitable tissues like the heart. Mm-hmm. And so potassium, high-potassium diet is really beneficial. Right, because if you have your ratio sodium-potassium is out of whack, that indeed can cause uh, all kinds of heart problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you want to have, I think, twice the amount of potassium to sodium. Is that pretty much what it's... Uh, well, the the daily requirement for potassium is higher than any other mineral. Oh, wow. When you look at it. Uh-huh. And so uh, it's best to get it from the diet because oh, if you take it in supplements, it's uh, irritating to the stomach. Can I ask you another question about that then? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the, um, in a health food store, we're not allowed to sell more than 99 milligrams of potassium in a capsule where I know that you can go to a drugstore and get 350 milligrams if you need to. I mean, probably not over the counter, but you, ha- or you have to at least get a prescription, I guess. But uh, is 99 milligram a day, is that going to be okay? Probably not. Oh, yes. It will be okay. Yeah, you can take uh, 99 milligrams uh, three times a day with sure. meals. Okay. Uh, that's, it's just a safe amount because uh, if you take too much potassium, of course, you can cause arrhythmias in the heart. It uh, causes an irregular heartbeat. Okay. And so that's why it's kept low. All right. And it's very cardioactive. That's why when we give it intravenously, we have to be very careful Mm -hmm. or we'll upset the apple cart in a very bad way. Interesting. But magnesium, yeah, you can give it very easily by itself. Yeah. For for heart disease problem because mm-hmm. it's a very effective calcium channel blocker. Right. So if people people are looking for something for the heart, magnesium is always good, but if it is really if they're dealing with a heart condition or something with a the heart, they should definitely have the combination of magnesium with potassium. Yeah. Okay. Most of that potassium again is going to come from the diet. All right. If you're going to supplement much potassium, you have to uh Measure potassiums from lab values and see what they are and not uh, get too high. All right. But you definitely don't want to be low either. Okay, good point. Another thing that's uh, good for high blood pressure is coenzyme Q10. Mm-hmm. You can take uh, 30 milligrams four times a day, and it'll take about uh, four to 12 weeks for this to make a difference in blood pressure. But mm-hmm. the thing about it is it'll also strengthen the heart and supply energy to the heart. And it's an extremely good brain nutrient. It helps with uh, energy in the brain and memory. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these nutrients have more than one effect that is very beneficial for the body. Yeah. Another thing, if I had high high blood pressure, I'd make sure I was on a high-fiber diet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Need fiber uh, up to, you know, like 45 grams a day and divided doses at mealtime. And what this help does, it helps decrease cholesterol levels in a very easy way. Yeah. And uh, sometimes cholesterol can contribute to hypertension by forming plaques and contributing to the inflexibility of arteries. Now, as far as, flax, uh, for, as, far as fiber is concerned, obviously we can grind up flax seeds, and we have ground flax as a fiber. 
Uh, then you got your uh, psyllium husks. You got oat bran, wheat bran, rice bran. Um, any specific ones that you would recommend here? Well, your uh, psyllium husks, your uh, flax, and uh, fibers like that are called insoluble fibers, and they do more to bulk the stool and make you move your bowels, okay. which is very important. Mm-hmm. We don't want any uh, stuffed-up plumbing here. Yeah. But your soluble fibers like oat uh, bran or oat fiber and apple pectin. Apple pectin. Uh, Grapefruit pectin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those type of fibers are called soluble. Okay. And they bind the cholesterol and take it out of the body. Okay. That's why. It, that's how it lowers cholesterol is they right. bind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our cholesterol is uh, excreted as part of bile salts, and when we get rid of bile salts, we get rid of cholesterol. Most of most of the time, that's all recycled, uh, reused by the body. I see. After it's excreted by the liver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another great thing for hypertension is omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah. It uh, does several things, and most of these are conter- concerned with the... the hydrodynamics of the blood, how, how easily it flows. So it decreases inflammation. That helps it uh, flow easier. It decreases platelet aggregation. Platelets are these little particles that float around in the blood and help us uh, clot our blood when we get an injury like a scratch or a cut. Correct. And uh, the reason they work so good for that purpose is they're sticky. Well, if they get too sticky, then they overdo their purpose and cause blood clots. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason we're concerned about this is the American diet really contributes to the stickiness of platelets. Yeah, Things like trans fatty acids. So if you uh, have a big serving of French fries, your platelets are going to get really sticky. Mm-hmm. Also, simple sugars make platelets sticky. But at least you're enjoying it while they're getting sticky. Yeah, but you better take your fish oil after. <laughs> Omega-3 fatty acids also help decrease f- cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're very good for uh, the nervous system. Another thing that's great for hypertension is taurine. Taurine's a amino acid-like substance. And the reason I say like is because it's not used in, in protein synthesis or protein manufacture. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really an amino acid, but mm-hmm. it's very closely allied to them. All right. And it uh, really helps the flow of uh, sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium ions across cell membranes. And so it's an important nutrient <coughs> for the heart. Very important. I'm taking notes while Dr. Dan is talking, so I hope you do the same thing. Uh, we're talking about... Natural alternatives to over-the-counter medication and prescription drug. We will be right back. We were talking about uh, L-taurine. Uh, L-taurine, taurine, uh, usually for short, is uh, is not exactly an amino acid because it is not converted to protein, but it is a uh, it is definitely uh, something that is very that is important for the heart. Right. If I was Lance Armstrong, I'd make sure I had plenty of taurine and CoQ10 with me on that uh, Tour de France. Mm, interesting. But it's not only good for the heart, but you need it for the brain, the eyes, uh, the gallbladder, and the vascular system itself. Uh-huh. really helps uh, the minerals get into those and function correctly. 
we did talk about uh, ACE inhibitors blocking aldosterone, and that can cause some subtle uh, hormone imbalances within the system. And uh, recalled then that the uh, aldosterone is made in the adrenal cortex. So that's right. We uh, we went to way <laughs> way way far back in your brain, and we we opened up a little door, Dug, and that was <laughs> that came out. Before we go back to the heart, uh, we have a caller on hold. Caller, good morning to you. Thanks for joining. Your name and how can we help you? This is a friend of Dick Cheney. You better listen closely. Oh, do you have... Uh, so you also had a good health report there, Daniel? Well, there is a story that goes with this. I was at Sustainability Fair in Livingston, and not easy to ask tough questions because I uh, asked the featured speaker some of uh, these tough questions, and he must assume that I was in lockstep with the vice president, he said, you and your damn friend Dick Cheney can think what you want. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, Dick Cheney has a heart held together with uh, chewing gum and chicken wire. <laughs> so I uh, was wondering about my own heart. Now, I went on a stint or a toot and worked 34 straight days, including Sundays, doing heavy lifting like weed eating and carrying furniture. Now I'm getting this thumb pain around my upper left chest, and when I wake up in the morning, I usually have some pain, but it's more intense in my left arm. So I was going to ask a specific question about that, and also about this CoQ10. What was the other thing that you said you should take for heart health? Well, CoQ10 is really important for the energy in the heart, uh, but uh, taurine... Really helps. Taurine. Taurine. Yeah, it's spelled T-A-U-R-I-N-E. All right, what do you think about this? these symptoms I'm telling you about? Well, uh, since you've been working so hard, um, you can't dismiss heart problems. Uh, usually the heart pain and left arm pain will onset more with exercise, but not all the time. It could also be due to muscle strains, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. one of the reasons you get that heart pain is because there's not enough blood flow going to the heart muscle, and it uh, starts hurting because there's not enough oxygen there, mm-hmm. and so we'll be talking about uh, also vasodilators. Uh, things like uh, nitroglycerin really help decrease anginal pain because... Uh, and increases nitric oxide in the blood vessel walls and increases the blood flow to the heart. And so magnesium will also help do that. Uh-huh. Now, if he's working that much, could it indeed be uh, uh, like a potassium deficiency, uh, just a, an overall mineral deficiency? Well, if you're sweating a lot, you <coughs> definitely want to take in sufficient uh, minerals, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- I... Well, because I got this cell phone stuck to my head, I'll just say my part, and then you can continue if you like. I, I was saying, I was saying, I'm not the, totally a, uh, a a wild man because uh, I was getting some shooting pains once a couple of years ago uh, in the uh, back of my head, and I finally, finally went to the doctor. And he looked at me and he probed me and he he uh, scratched his head. And he said, "I think, yes, I believe you should take some aspirin." I guess it was just a headache. I, I hadn't taken aspirin for 30 years. I will go to a doctor if it if it seems important, but it doesn't seem all that important. Now, one other thing I've got to just mention about 
what I see about the American way, I went to one of these picnics, and they want wanted me to have something on a bun, and I said, these this white bread was one of the first things I gave up when I started the health food movement 35 years ago. It hasn't got anywhere. They, this this bread is sort of concoction of artistic concoction that look good. I think that these Americans, instead of location, 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 in real estate, it's taste, taste, taste. I was reading Doritos. They had like 25 ingredients. I'm wondering if all these taste enhancers and these odd things they're putting in the, this food doesn't just gum up the heart. So there's another question. You think the heart's being gummed up in America? Because no, you can do whatever you want to do. First of all, I want to say something. You know, not not to be politically correct here or anything, but doctors are not the enemy. You know, that's not what uh, you know. Sometimes people think because of this program that uh, that I'm hacking on doctors. Uh, I have regular, as you know, Daniel. I've had uh, medical doctors on often, mm-hmm. and naturopathic doctors. Um, uh, to go to a doctor is not is not a problem. It's not something to be to worry about. I think that uh, that the doctors, as we know them, are very well trained in what they do. I just don't think that they are looking at the picture in its entirety. But it doesn't take away that they're very many times are very good experts and they can do great diagnostics and. Um, uh, and sometimes, uh, and I'm sure Dr. Dan can agree with me, there are times when you probably temporarily need to go work with something that they prescribe. Um, but it, it uh, you know, what we're trying to work on over here is the uh, the importance of good health, healthy lifestyles, and and not just uh, the solution of prescription drugs. So, personally, um, um, you know, I I think that most doctors have the heart in the right place. If you can, if you bring it in back to the heart. They're very passionate about what they do, uh, but they work within a system that is not uh, that is not flawless, and um, that's where the limitations come in. And what I try to do with a program like this is indeed show people the alternatives and let them find out more about uh, what is available, either from modern medicine or from more natural way of looking at uh, at health. So I don't know, Doctor Dan, if you can add something to it, or if you can answer his question. Well, I always encourage my uh, patients to work closely with their medical doctor. And uh, if that uh, doctor wants to know exactly what I'm doing, I'm very willing to let them know and why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to, for people to understand why we're doing things. Yeah. But on the question of the Doritos um, and the gumming up of American hearts, yes, we are. Uh, the problem with uh, baked or deep-fried foods like uh, chips is, number one, they contain a lot of uh, very toxic uh, fats. Uh, they use cheap vegetable oils to cook these products, and they're heated to very high temperatures, and they form trans fatty acids. Well, trans fatty acids are very damaging to the blood vessels mm-hmm. and, uh, in turn, the heart. And also, the uh, these things are cooked at very high temperatures, and... Uh, one thing that's coming out of this is literally a very toxic chemical called acrylamide. Mm-hmm. And acrylamide uh, has some uh, carcinogenic properties, and uh, it's pretty toxic. So, uh-huh. And then uh, some of your flavorings are uh, and colorings that they use are, are dyes, and a lot of per- people are allergic to dyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you get them off these products like kids uh, 
they eat a lot of uh, colored foods, and yeah. uh, their behavior can improve dramatically if they just get off these uh, processed foods and the food dies. Yeah, yeah. Because they're uh, just not made to be consumed. Yes, this forbidden fruit that I described for another cycle, the uh, University of California Wellness Letter, they uh, said it's kind of brave for them to say, they said, one of the problems with ill health, maybe the key, I think they said the key problem with American ill health and is one thing. Does anybody want to take a guess what it is or should I tell you? Well, I'd say it's uh, not eating whole food. That... Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah, that, that's close. They said it's the creeping Western diet. They took a swipe at like sugars and ice cream and preserved meats. They, they list several things. They, they, they That's pretty for them to say, I'm going to go. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for the invite. <laughs> All right. Have a good Saturday, Daniel. All right. Bye-bye. I, I understand, Dan, why you wanted to talk about uh, heart because there is so much we can discuss about, when, you know, the heart is such an important organ as, of course, every one of them are. But when the heart stops, there is really, you know, yeah. uh, th- things go downhill very quickly. Very quickly. Yes. Yeah. So another great supplement for the heart if you want to call it that is a, actually a whole food or supplement and that's garlic mm-hmm. uh, it decreases inflammation in the body it uh, decreases platelet aggregation uh, it uh, can help cholesterol come down in a, in a good way usually when you take uh, foods that help cholesterol they, they decrease the LDL which is the more associated with the plaque deposits, and it raises the HDL, which can help clean out the plaque deposits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's very good. Yeah. And if people are bothered by the uh, odor, well, I always just say, you know, get a life. Yeah. I mean, what's your problem? Just put up with it. I mean, if everybody ate garlic, nobody'd notice it. That's true. But not everybody does. (laughs) (laughs) But if you uh, really want the full benefit, it's uh, up to 10 cloves of garlic a day. Is that right? For full benefit. So you're going to have some uh, good aroma. I heard once that somebody said you can actually take the whole clove. I mean, you peel it, but you take the whole clove. And then it actually doesn't have so so much of a smelly effect. Well, what, eating the... uh, Skin too? No, no, no. You take, you peel the skin peel off, the skin and you take off. a clove, and then you just swallow the whole thing. Seems to have without, less effect than cutting it up without chewing it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, in order, well, maybe to, I don't know uh, if it has the same effect inside the body. Well, in order to release some of the good constituents, there's mm-hmm. uh, allium, allicin, other constituents within there. You have to crush it. Mm-hmm. You have to break it up. So. Good. Well, I just thought it might help. Sure and, and, and I, my understanding is too that uh, when people come in for the uh, uh, the garlic with high allicin, that mm. uh, that that has never been proven, according to the Kyolic uh, people who have been the garlic experts since yeah. 1952. Mm-hmm. They say that in the reports, it showed that allicin, <clears throat> which is a combination of two of an enzyme. Uh, allium of alanase and uh-huh. then allium is another element in garlic. Those two combine in the gut, I think, into allicin. Mm-hmm. And then allicin goes in the bloodstream and has all the good effects 
of uh, what Gala can do. And right. they apparently called the company who was advertising that this report showed that Allison was so wonderful. So they got the report and they tell me that in the report it showed actually that they could not find any benefits from Allison. They had tried to prove it, but uh, they had taken Allison and added it in a Petri dish to blood mm-hmm. and the blood turned black within minutes. And the second thing, what they did is they had given people a lot of garlic and uh, waited so many hours and then checked the blood and they could not find any Allison in the blood. And so they say, yes, it's garlic by itself. I mean, even the Kyolic people say that garlic is a wonderful product. Mm-hmm. And they say, eat all of it. You can take our capsules, which is great. But the bottom line is the best way to do it is by Mother Nature just going with whole garlic. Even they admit it. But for those who don't want to go that route and want to have a garlic that doesn't have the after order but has the aged garlic, then you got to go with Kyolic. So right. um, I don't know if you've heard about that, about uh, Allison, LNA's, um, um, if it is really that good, if it has really been proven, or uh, because it's gotten a lot of hype and people come in and say, oh, this has 4,000 units of Well, I like Allison. to go with whole foods whenever possible, but the yeah. aged garlic's fine. And the nice thing about the... Uh, uh, fresh garlic, as it's also antibiotic, it can help uh, crowd out parasites. That's a good point. Good point. All right. Cola, thanks for joining. Your name and how can we help you? How are you guys doing this morning? Doing well. Thank good. you. Uh, did you say to take 10 garlics a day? N- not no. Equivalent to 10 garlics a day, 10 cloves uh, for maximum uh, beneficial effect in heart disease. You don't mean 10 segments of a clove. You mean 10 whole cloves? Uh, the little cloves that come off the bulb. Oh, okay. Ten, ten of those. Okay. And not giant ones either, you know, the medium to small. <laughs> well, I eat, I eat that much at least. Uh, probably, I eat probably two full bulbs a day. Well, that's, wow. That's good. Wow. And what I do is that, <laughs> a lot of times I'll, I'll take and, uh, like if I'm having eggs or, or a deer or something like that, I'll just, I'll cut them up and throw them in right before I eat them. Just mm. take a takes a little bit of the edge off of them. They're oh. still good and hot. And I tell you what, I don't have anybody complaining about it as far as it smells. Yeah, <laughs> but but he's been short of friends lately. No, I'm <laughs> just, friends? What's I'm that? just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. When I tell no. people I eat garlic, they say that's amazing because we thought that people that ate garlic didn't smell good. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's the case. Well, I, I don't think that has to be the case. And I like your uh, suggestion because I do the same thing. I cut the garlic up and add it just at the end of the cooking period so that it's still oh. pretty fresh. Because uh-huh. you don't want to cook it too much, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's uh, I've become used to eating it. A long time ago, I didn't like it. I thought it, it smelled bad. And uh, now I, I have it every meal. Uh, and somebody tells me it's a good thing to eat, but uh, the folks that are around me, they they catch a cold or something, I'll say, let's eat some garlic. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to eat garlic. Why is that? Because I smell bad. Yeah. I, I say, know. well, do I smell bad? They say, no, you don't smell bad at all, but you're not eating it. I say, I, every day. Hmm. So it's just, a, it's just a misnomer. I think you get used to it. Huh. Once you start eating and your system gets a little cleaned out, I think I don't think you smell as bad. Yeah, I don't think uh, fresh garlic smells as much as some of the, like, garlic salts and uh, dried garlic. Seems to make a, more of a problem. Do you know any difference between, like, uh, the standard garlic and this purple garlic that they're selling uh, for about twice the price? 
Well, I know some of the purple's organic. I don't know. It may be a different uh, variety, but oh. I don't think there's any difference. Well, I noticed down in Hebes they've got some uh, the purple ones that are like six eighty a pound. Oh. And you can get you can get a regular garlic down at IGA for you know two bucks a pound. Right. But is there would there be a difference uh, medicine wise? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. No. No either. That's that's interesting. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, just testing it for taste, but I'll probably stick with the IGA stuff because I eat so much of it. Anyway, good show. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for thank the you. call. It was a great Bye. great suggestion. Bye bye. Dr. Dan, so... Okay, let's uh, hit uh, arginine. Arginine is okay. a uh, amino acid and uh, something that you may want to stay away from if you've got uh, real bad herpes infections. That's right. But uh, arginine, especially the s sustained release, is very good for increasing nitric oxide production in the ar arterial and artery walls. And uh, the reason I say sustained release is because disappears from the bloodstream fairly quickly and so in order to maintain blood levels you need to uh, have a sustained release form mm -hmm. and it uh, can help decrease blood pressure because it works uh, to relax the blood vessel walls and uh, it's also good for uh, <laughs> has double duty as uh, erectile dysfunction because Viagra increases uh, nitric oxide production too, but it has other side effects, and so use sustained release arginine. All right, well, at that point, I think this is a good uh, thing to take a short break here, folks. We'll be right back. So, Dan, thanks for being with us today. and um, Very happy to be here, and let's jump right back in with an, an arginine. Another... Uh, well, I, yeah, I'll Well, you mentioned, you said, uh, which was really interesting, yeah. and it kind of uh, went by a little quickly. You said uh, if you have problems with herpes viruses, uh, be careful on the L-arginine. And um, uh, what I understand, indeed, well, maybe you can tell well, us. L-arginine and lysine are both amino acids, but uh, lysine has a the ability to decrease the number of, uh, herpes virus, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whereas arginine seems to encourage their growth. And my understanding is that chocolate is rich in arginine. And so often we have people who like chocolate, and when or when people are susceptible to uh, uh, um, herpes viruses, especially around the mouth, that uh, if they stay off the chocolate, it can make a big difference for them. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to know that uh, the people with hypertension can have a little dark chocolate. Oh, they can have dark chocolate. Yeah. Huh. The reason I say dark is because there's not as much sugar there, and we want to stay away from uh, a lot of refined sugar. Correct. And the milk products. And the milk products. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But another thing that uh, appears to be an amino acid and sometimes classified as one is L-carnitine. Yeah. And carnitine is not used in the manufacture of proteins either within the body, but it's extremely important. For the transport of fats into mitochondria, and mitochondria are the little or organs within our body's cells that produce energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, you, we, if we can move fat into them, it can be used for energy and can really improve, improve the function of the heart. It is and amazing it, that cells have a whole society going on within themselves. They do. It's, they, it's uh, amazing. We, we, we don't think about it, but there is many... 
mitochondria per cell. There's many mitochondria per cell, and they're the little energy factories for the cell. And then there's uh, little protein manufacturing facilities within mm -hmm. the cell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, once those proteins and enzymes are manufactured within the cell, there's little... Uh, uh, UPS uh, centers uh, mm -hmm. that package them and send them out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, the cells are amazing. It is amazing. And there's that's a whole other subject. Yeah, we should talk about that one. <laughs> but L-carnitine is uh, very good for energy production in the heart. Can help with hypertension. And uh, <clears throat> taurine and L-carnitine are two interesting substances uh, that are both very low in people that don't eat much meat because they're mainly available in mm -hmm. animal mm -hmm. products. And so oftentimes uh, vegetarians can r run very low on these two things that really help sustain the heart. Mm -hmm. Especially, yeah, exactly, because they need certain proteins and then often they grab a higher carbohydrate or they go into the cheese and the milk in order to hopefully compensate for the calcium loss and for their uh, for the protein loss. Right, or perhaps they'll uh, go with a soy protein, which is an incomplete protein and it has problems in and of itself that we've mm -hmm. discussed before. Mm -hmm. Another really good uh, treatment uh, in office, in doctor's office treatment for hypertension and any cardiac uh, problem is EDTA chelation therapy. Mm-hmm. And before you uh, go into that, Dr. Dan, can I ask you about acetylcarnitine? What is, is that good? And what, what is the difference between acetylcarnitine and L-carnitine? Well, acetyl-L-carnitine yeah. is a form of carnitine that seems to be more focused uh, and able to get into the brain better. Okay. And so it can really help energize the brain. I understood that it, it where the uh, carnitine deals more with the fat uptake, the breakdown of fats into long-chain fatty acids for the mitochondria, that mm -hmm. the acetylcarnitine deals more with the carbohydrates and the proteins. Is that possible? That's possible, yes. Okay. And it also uh, Good seems for the to brain. have more effect on the uh, brain and mental function. All right. So that doesn't fall in this category than uh, what no. we're looking at. Okie dokie. So the thing that uh, EDTA chelation does is that uh, the solution is given intravenously and it contains uh, all the B vitamins. So it really can help pick up uh, people that are low on, on vitamins. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, the EDTA itself is a chelating agent and what it does is it helps remove toxic heavy metals from the, from the body. Mm -hmm. And it's thought that that's the, one of the main benefits of EDTA therapy because oftentimes people with heart disease have abnormal mineral deposits such as iron within the heart muscle and it damages the muscle cells themselves. Yeah. And so when you get that out, the heart muscle uh, works a lot better. It also helps remove those deposits from blood vessels, uh, People's walking distances when they have heart disease and blood vessel disease like intermittent claudication really improves with EDTA chelation therapy. Now, it's usually recommended that uh, 30 treatments be done for heart disease, but people with intermittent claudication often have their <clears throat> walking distances increased markedly within three or four treatments. So it 
it can make a, a major difference. Uh-huh. Another thing that EDTA is, is it's a, a very strong antioxidant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the blood vessel disease is from uh, oxidation, from things like trans fatty acids, environmental pollutants, and this that really helps that. Is EDTA something, um, because I know that naturopathic doctors uh, do these kind of treatments, is this something that could be covered by insurance, or is it still a so-called experimental treatment that uh, you have to pay out of pocket? It would be an experimental treatment that you pay out of pocket. The only time that it would be covered by uh, any insurance company was if you had a proven lead toxicity because it is FDA approved for lead poisoning. Mm-hmm. So if you can get that, then you can do the treatments and get rid right. of all the other heavy minerals. Right. Oh, interesting. So, so and the treatment usually is about 100 bucks. Is that about fair to say? Yeah, it's about $100 a treatment. Yeah, yeah. so you're looking at uh, quite so a bit of So you're looking at, uh, you know, $3,000 for a series of those treatments. But when you look at the cost of a uh, angioplasty, uh, you're talking... Uh, $25,000, and those uh, usually don't last. No, they don't. They don't really don't do anything. They just push all the crap to the outside of the, right. of the vessel. So they cause, they have a temporary effect. Uh, same with uh, coronary artery bypass uh, graft. Uh, they don't uh, increase longevity, longevity or uh, mm-hmm. they always reverse. Okay. Uh, because if lifestyle and diet isn't uh, addressed, they reocclude, mm-hmm. and so it's really important to address everything. And how often do people have a treatment when they do EDTA? Every week, well, you once can a go, month, uh, up to three times a week. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Huh. That's really important to follow renal function and uh, that is kidney function and liver function mm-hmm. during no. that time to make sure that everything's okay. So that is a check that you do while people are having the EDTE yes. treatment. You check that. Uh-huh. You check everything is quiet. Yeah, make sure their kidneys are working. Mm. And and um, uh, what about oral chelation? That is another thing that uh, that gains popularity. Uh, is it good to do oral chelation? My understanding is does not have obviously the same effect as uh, IV chelation. But to do oral chelation between treatments is that a good idea? Well. Oral EDTA is not absorbed, and so uh, there's no way to get it in reliably, orally. But there are other oral uh, chelating agents that can be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> one that works really good for uh, mercury is uh, cilantro, mm. the plant. Yeah, yeah. It helps, helps get mercury out. Also, a high-fiber diet uh, helps because uh, these heavy metals are excreted in the, in the bile, Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to have good bowel movements. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other oral chelating agents that are absorbed well that can uh, get out other other heavy metals. But EDTA chelation IV has specific things that are really good for cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Usually people who are developing cardiovascular disease are uh, getting along in age <laughs> somewhere in excess of 50 in general yes and uh, they start to not absorb vitamins and minerals very good because hydrochloric acid starts decreasing in the stomach yeah yeah and so after every uh, fourth or fifth EDTA chelation we do a mineral replacement IV and so they get those uh, beneficial minerals back in their body yeah yeah 
Hmm. Interesting. And we've uh, moved through that pretty well, and so let's go on to uh, irregular heartbeats or arrhythmias. Uh, Arrhythmias can be one of the main causes of uh, myocardial infarct or heart attack, and uh, between arrhythmias and uh, hypertension, it really increases the risk there of, of, of myocardial infarct or heart attack. The problem with the arrhythmias is they can result in uh, vasospasm within the heart, which is coming to be one of the main causes of heart attacks. (coughs) And they can also, uh, depending on where the arrhythmia is, they can uh, increase the probability of blood clotting. One of those arrhythmias is called atrial fibrillation, where the... uh, Chambers of the heart on the right uh, don't pump effectively. They just sort of quiver, and so the blood becomes stagnated there. Mm-hmm. And so you have to really watch out for uh, abnormal blood clotting in that case because the blood is stagnant, and blood doesn't like to be stagnant. It likes to move to avoid clotting and platelets clumping together. So when you're dealing with arrhythmias, then you're actually talking about the heart muscle itself. The heart muscle itself is not contracting in a regular manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is very different than having clogged arteries. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the major uh, antiarrhythmic drugs uh, simply alter the conduction of sodium <coughs> potassium or they change the way the heart timing is uh, carried out. And most of the things we've already talked about uh, affect that. And mm-hmm. so that's the nice thing about nutrients is you've affect all of these other heart conditions. Yeah. So things like uh, magnesium is a major antiarrhythmic. Mm-hmm. And it's been shown when it is given IV uh, in a hospital after a myocardial infarct, and the survival of patients is increased markedly. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to know that if you ever go into the hospital, make sure they give you some IV magnesium. Now, we have talked in the past about uh, the quality of magnesium and magnesium oxide not being one of the better ones, uh, probably the worst one out there. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of magnesium will you get in a hospital? Well, you're probably going to get magnesium sulfate. Sulfate, okay. Or magnesium chloride. Those are both available IV. All right. And the most common is magnesium sulfate. Mm-hmm. And it's readily available to the cells when given in that form mm-hmm. and by mm-hmm. that route. But if you're taking it orderly orally, you're going to want to take something that absorbs well, uh-huh. uh, something like magnesium citrate, uh, magnesium aspartate. Uh, these are all uh, bound to a uh, molecule that's found in the Krebs cycle, actually. They're called Krebs intermediates, mm-hmm. and the body can absorb them much easier. And uh, for those uh, folks listening, uh, when you get a loose bowel after you take uh, quite a bit of magnesium, that is usually the only side effect that you will find. For the rest, magnesium is very beneficial. So if your bowels become to the point where it's uncomfortable for you, just take a little bit less magnesium. Um, Dr. Dan, I heard something that uh, magnesium glyconate, um, uh, which is often recommended for people with fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. but glyconate seems to not cause diarrhea. Right. Have you heard about that too? Well, it's probably better absorbed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Another uh, good form of magnesium for people with fibromyalgia is magnesium malate. Malate, okay. Uh, the malate uh, portion, the 
the magnesium's joined to seems to have a specific ability to increase muscle energy in people with fibromyalgia. Hmm. So it's a real good form for them. Yeah. And other products, every product we're going to talk about for aerythmias is good for hypertension. Cod liver oil. Yes. Which is the omega-3 fatty acids. Uh Taurine, Mm -hmm. carnitine. And there are also, uh, if you've got a real problem with arrhythmias, IV micronutrient therapy is really good because you can get all of that in a uh, specific dose that is really great for arrhythmias. And in people that uh, have a real problem, uh, a lot of times they can't absorb the minerals, and so getting it by the IV route is a really good way to solve the problem very quickly. All right. Also, like to talk a little bit about uh, hypercholesterol. Can we? Uh, can we? Uh, can I ask you another question about some herbs for arrhythmias? Uh, what can you tell us about hawthorn, butcher's broom, and cayenne as uh, support for the heart? Well, hawthorn is also, also, it's always been uh, known as a heart drug. It's got so many beneficial properties for the heart. It strengthens the heart. It helps it uh, beat in a regular manner. It uh, improves circulation within the heart. Right. It's got uh, bioflavonoids that help pr- uh, protect the blood vessels and uh-huh. make them stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Hawthorne has a lot of properties that are heart beneficial. And then uh, butcher's broom. Butcher's broom has. Uh, is really good for the blood vessels. Yes, it is. Now you have uh, there is even uh, something that's called horse chestnut. Um, I understand that deals more with the capillaries. Is indeed the health of the capillaries important for the heart blood pressure? Well, anytime you improve uh, vascular system health, you're helping the heart. Yes. Okay, and then uh, my understanding is that cayenne. Uh, for most herbalists, would be the herb of choice to regulate heart uh, uh, blood pressure. That I understand that if blood pressure is too high or too low, uh, either way, cayenne will help to regulate it. Yeah, that's the nice thing about a lot of herbs is they're known as alter- alternatives, and an alternative herb will decrease something that's too high and build up something that's too low. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so cayenne works like that. Mm-hmm. It uh, really improves uh, blood flow and uh, flow of blood to the heart. There's an old uh, naturopath, uh, Dr. Christopher. He uh, operated out of Utah during the uh, middle part of the last century and uh, was arrested many times for practicing medicine without a license simply because he was so helpful to people. Yeah. And uh, he was a great fan of cayenne. Uh And he... uh, told many stories about how he would stop heart attacks by giving uh, cayenne tea, uh, a, tables, a teaspoon of cayenne pepper in a cup of hot water. Yes. Make sure you don't burn the person, I always say, yeah. with the hot water. Yeah. They're going to have to put up with the cayenne, but it'll stop a heart attack. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you know somebody who has one at the time, you that's just what prop you that do. person up. So, uh, like taking an aspirin of, well, it's a lot better than aspirin. Yes, of course, but that's usually what people will do. Yeah. Huh? But it uh, will uh, stop the heart attack right in its tracks. Uh-huh. But then I would definitely go to the uh, 
ER as soon as you uh, <laughs> yeah. get that cayenne down. Yeah. But it's a good emergency treatment for heart attack. All right. We will be right back. And we are talking today about the, uh, we wanted to ch- uh, start talking at this point about hypercholesterol, uh, some of the medication that is out uh, for cholesterol. And it's a big, big, big topic. Uh, I In the health food store, I talk to people regularly about cholesterol issues. And of course, we know all about the statin drugs. And uh, Dr. Dan is going to tell us a little bit more about them, as well as some of the natural alternatives. Right. Hypercholesterolemia has been uh, blown way out of proportion to its importance. Uh, you got to take into consideration everything. The original study linking cholesterol to heart disease was misunderstood by the whole medical profession. Mm-hmm. And the incidence of heart disease went up really quickly about the time of the Second World War when they started uh, manufacturing uh, things like margarine and shortening from cheap vegetable oils because butter wasn't available to everyone. I see. And uh, the problem here is trans fatty acids and lipid peroxides. They really damage the blood vessels, and heart disease just increased markedly mm-hmm. around the Second World War. Uh, but, you know, there's been proof that lowering cholesterol does uh, decrease the incidence of uh, cardiovascular disease and the reason that is, is uh, because the main drugs used to do that are called statin drugs. And what they do is they inhibit HMG-CoA reductase, which is the primary enzyme used by the liver to make cholesterol. We have to have cholesterol to make hormones, to maintain cell membranes, uh, to keep our brain fun- <coughs> functioning well. Mm-hmm. And so... And it is indeed very important for the immune system. And it's really important for the immune system, yes. And so I think the uh, drive to get cholesterol as as low as possible is is really out of place and and wrong Mm -hmm. because uh, you need to look at uh, inflammation, infection, and uh, platelet stickiness, all of these things. You can't just uh, isolate one thing like cholesterol and say it's the bad guy because it really isn't. So you have to look indeed at blood serum cholesterol and at dietary cholesterol. Yeah, and if you don't get enough uh, cholesterol from your diet, you're going to have uh, your liver making more from your to bring it up to where it needs. The main thing that uh, causes high cholesterol in the American diet right now is carbohydrates. Uh-huh. <clears throat> when you have a high carbohydrate diet, it uh, increases insulin levels. Insulin tells the liver, "Hey." Make cholesterol, make mm-hmm. triglycerides, mm-hmm. and that's why it goes up. Mm-hmm. And that's why Atkins uh, found that his diet worked well for lowering cholesterol and, and losing weight. Yes. is because it uh, got rid of those simple carbohydrates. Uh-huh. Of course, we know that there's <clears throat> Auto <waste. laughs> a lot of ways to, <laughs> to get cholesterol down. But uh, one reason the statin drugs uh, work is they lower cholesterol and they have a pretty good anti-inflammatory effect Uh but they are uh, very hard on the liver yes Uh, they not only reduce cholesterol but they reduce coenzyme q10 Mm -hmm. huge just a huge uh, reduction in that and so you're lowering cholesterol but you're uh, causing heart problems and brain problems 
because you don't have enough CoQ10 to go around the body. Yeah, and a lot of people, since coenzyme Q10 is a cellular energizer, a lot of people feel tired right. when they are on statin drugs. Right, and it can cause liver problems. That's why it says check with your doctor and make sure that you don't have uh, liver problems before you go on the statin drugs. Well, your doctor always checks that, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. if you start getting liver enzyme increases, that means the liver is being damaged by the drug. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing it does is it, c- it can cause muscle problems. Yeah. So tell your doctor if you're experiencing any muscle pains. It mm-hmm. actually can cause a condition known as rhabdomyolysis, which is a long word for muscle cell breakdown. And so uh, it's really important to avoid that. And mm-hmm. the best way to avoid that is to avoid the statin drugs because it's very easy to do that. Now, I, I saw a study uh, about a year ago that I brought up during the program. And, of course, I don't have it with me right now. But there was a study done, I think, uh, published in the British Medical Journal about uh, they've tested more than 10,000 people on their cholesterol levels and found out indeed that cholesterol is very important for the immune system and that um, uh, when people have familial hypercholesterolemia, which for those who are listening don't understand, it means that in your family history, familial hypercholesterolemia, you have high cholesterol, that those people actually often live to be 85, 90, 95 years without too much of a problem, that the immune system is very good, and that that natural cholesterol that is high in their, in their, uh, in their family indeed uh, helps them to stay healthy once they start bringing this cholesterol down. So these people have cholesterol in the three 400 range, and they bring it down to about 190, 210. These people have heavy cold that flies around the corner. Uh, they've always got some kind of an illness going on, and their immune system really gets a lot weaker. And um, um, so when you are, is the people with hypercholesterolemia, uh, are those the people with a higher blood serum cholesterol? Is that what the body produces naturally? Yes. And, okay. Yeah. So that it is okay to have a good blood serum cholesterol naturally, uh, and but then you still want to watch, of course, your dietary intake of cholesterol. And, well, there are some uh, really great uh, physicians. There's one in uh, Whitefish, Montana that, that I really like. He's an MD, and he doesn't feel like dietary cholesterol makes much difference. It's mainly the carbohydrates. So okay. he, he eats uh, four eggs a day and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more moderate than he is. But, Three uh, eggs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, watching the carbohydrates, the simple carbohydrates, is the most important thing. And you have to look at the other risk factors. You know, inflammation is big. Mm-hmm. And uh, platelet adhesiveness, you know, that's why the cod liver oil is so important. Uh, the energy producers for the heart, like CoQ10 and taurine. Uh, eating a good diet that doesn't uh, contain a lot of uh, oxidized uh, foods, like, you know, French fried fried foods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah eating yeah. whole foods. Uh huh. All right. So the best way to get uh, cholesterol into a better. Uh, range is to eat a uh, moderate protein, high good fat, low carbohydrate diet. Mm -hmm. And so moderate protein is uh, one half to three quarter gram of protein per uh, kilogram of body weight per day. And uh, say that again, how much? (laughs) One half. One half. One half to three quarters uh, gram Actually, per pound of body weight per day. Per, per pound? Yeah. yeah okay. All yeah, right. so a 150-pound person would be about 75 grams of 
protein. All right, that's that's about what I recommend. And high good fat. Yeah. You know the the low fat uh, craze that's gone on in, on in America has caused a lot of health problems, a lot of neurological problems because our nerves are covered by fat. That's what yeah. insulates them. Yeah. And we're actually fat heads because our, our our brains are all fat. Yes. You know cholesterol, fatty acids. Uh, so is yeah. the breast issue, so is the prostate, and we see right. indeed much more inflammation in those organs and more cancers. So good fats are extremely important because uh-huh. they do help prevent the cancers. And mm-hmm. what are good fats? Organics, organic fats, because fats uh, concentrate uh, all of the toxins from the, the environment. Yeah. So organic extra virgin olive oil, mm-hmm. organic coconut oil mm-hmm. is excellent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, organic butter. Mm-hmm. Butter has to be organic because the cow is going to bioconcentrate any type of toxin she runs into, herbicides, pesticides, uh, antibiotics, hormones. Uh-huh. So butter needs to be organic. But those are the main uh, fats that you're going to want to use is the, those that we've just mentioned. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. We've already talked about uh, high-fiber diet uh-huh. and uh, soluble fiber mm-hmm. helping to lower cholesterol. Much of our cholesterol comes from reabsorbing bile. So when we eat uh, any food, we need bile to dissolve the fats in the diet. And (laughs) when we (laughs) remove that uh, bile by uh, uh, soluble fiber, it really helps decrease cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Another good way to to, uh, deal with it is with a very common spice derivative called curcumin. Oh, yeah. Curcumin comes from the spice turmeric. Yes. And it has ven- a lot of beneficial properties for the heart and liver. And uh, 500 milligrams of curcumin three times daily with meals would be a good dose. Mm-hmm. But what does it do? Well, it lowers LDL cholesterol and raises HDL cholesterol. So that's a good, gives you a better uh, profile. It helps prevent abnormal blood clotting and platelet stickiness. It's anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. It's a, almost as uh, anti-inflammatory as cortisol. They've looked at that uh, several times, and wow. it's uh, excellent anti-inflammatory. It's antimicrobial. It's antioxidant. It increases bile excretion, and it increases the rate-limiting step of cholesterol conversion into bile acids, so it helps uh, get cholesterol out of the bloodstream into bile. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to have the uh, high-fiber diet mm-hmm. to get rid of the uh, bile that's excreted. Let's jump here for ju- just a quick second. We have a couple callers on hold, uh, so callers, bear with us here. We're going to turn one of your volume on and see who it is. So caller number one, uh, what's your name, please, and how can we help you? Hi, I think... Um, you're, you're it? Yes. Okay, this is Kathy, and <laughs> Hello, I'm Kathy. calling about a concern that I have with muscle cramping in my arms. When I carry anything or doing exercise, um, I have, it's very painful. They cramp up just like a, um, a calf uh, leg cramp, but it also, not in my arms, but also in my legs. And when I sit down and my body is resting, I have um, muscles, uh, they jump, they jerk a little bit. Kind of a twitching. A twitching, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what my body is lacking in vitamin and minerals. Uh, can I ask uh, approximately how old you are? Um, Fifty-nine in August. Okay. Right. As we get older, the secretion of 
hydrochloric acid in the stomach goes down, and that inhibits uh, or decreases the amount of minerals we can absorb because we need an acid uh, stomach to release the minerals from foods that we eat. And calcium and magnesium are two of the main ones. Uh, usually when muscles jump, it's a calcium deficiency within mm. the muscle cell. Mm -hmm. uh, muscle pain can be due to several things. Uh, frank pain is usually due to decreased circulation to the muscle cells, and so they don't have enough oxygen, and they don't have enough uh, nutrition, and they hurt. If they can't produce energy, they hurt, and mm -hmm. so they're not getting enough nutrition. Such as right now with me holding my hand up, holding the phone. Uh -huh. My arm is already, um, it's a cramp. It's a cramp in the, in the muscle. Okay, so... It doesn't take very long. <laughs> right. So magnesium uh, is usually the, the mineral that you want to take for muscle cramping. But you also have to look at, uh, you know, circulation. Is there a, a circulation problem? Not that I know of. Uh-huh. Do you uh, get cramps in your calves when you walk? No, but at, uh, during sleep. During sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, calcium, magnesium, uh, make sure you have enough folic acid in your diet. Uh-huh. But uh, look at circulation, too. All right. And I would, you know, think about taking cayenne capsules to increase circulation. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, niacin can really help increase circulation. Mm -hmm. Niacin has a... Uh, Interesting side Interesting effect. Interesting side effect of when it gets to the point when it, where it really increases circulation, you feel really hot. You get a flush. It's called niacin flush. And so I actually like to use niacin because when people get to the point where they flush, they know that they're saturated and they don't have to take any more. Mm -hmm. There's another form of niacin that increases circulation also, and it's called inositol hexaniacinate. Oh, good. I can't spell that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a very long uh, term for no-flush niacin or yeah. non-flush niacin. And if you go to a good health food store, they'll be able to pick that out for you. Yeah, it usually says on the bottle, no-flush niacin. And then in small print, it says uh, inositol hexanicotinate or niacinate. Yeah. Okay. But uh, the thing we'd have to make sure of is that you have enough uh, stomach acid to absorb your minerals and... Uh, then get a easily absorbable form of uh, calcium and magnesium, All right. as well as the niacin. And Kathy, it is really uh, important what Dr. Dan says about the absorbability. Uh, we cannot emphasize it enough on this program. There are definitely inferior forms of calcium and magnesium. Uh, many stores will sell you calcium that will say in parentheses, carbonate so you say calcium as carbonate carbonate really does not absorb very well uh, unless you eat it with a with a good meal but um, most calcium carbonates are just uh, inferior they're very dense but inferior so i would suggest that you either look for a good liquid calcium magnesium and you want to no calcium carbonate and no magnesium oxide uh, they're just inferior look more for the citrates or look more for uh, those are actually good if you can find citrate or amino acid chelate stuff like that anything but carbonate anything but oxide uh, you're probably in good hands so expect to either take an ounce of liquid a day 
or uh, to take uh, about four to five tablets or capsules a day uh, because you you need more of the better absorbable ones in order to to get your ratio. Okay. Now, how would I um, elevate the hydrochloric acid in my stomach? Well, I would uh, start out with a teaspoon of uh, apple cider vinegar with oh, meals. Okay. And uh, see if that helps your digestion. Do you have heartburn? Um, I had acid reflux for a long time, and it just quit. It stopped. Okay, that's good. But acid reflux is uh, caused by not enough acid in the stomach. If you don't have enough acid in the stomach, the uh, little valve at the lower end of the esophagus won't close right. And uh, by just taking more acid, you actually get that to close and your uh, heartburn stops and you digest your food better and absorb minerals. Well, I know this is kind of a strange question, but is there something that I could be taking that um, or too much of something in your body that would cause uh, the cramping in your arms and legs? Well, are you taking any prescription drugs? No. Okay. Uh, uh, thyroid, um, excuse me, thyroid and um, the hormones. Okay. Well, I don't think they would cause any muscle cramping. Right, that's what, yeah. Yeah, so I would say that it's probably a deficiency. Deficiency, yeah, that's okay. right, yeah. Okay. And those things happen, you know, it's just, uh, but I tell you what, Kathy, you can see a difference uh, by tonight. If really? you were to start it today, uh, tonight, tomorrow morning, if you take about 600 to 800 milligrams of magnesium a day, take like a 200 milligram tablet or capsule with a meal, um, you'd be surprised how much better you sleep at night. You probably won't wake up, uh, I mean, until the morning. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, so good calcium, magnesium, uh, potassium, like Dr. Dan said, but uh, you can really tell a difference within a day. It's it's impressive. Well, I certainly do need something because I'm exercising and walking, uh-huh. and it really, it um, I by the time I get back, I don't want to, you know, do much of anything. Right. So. Yeah, and that's not good. Do, what What do you do after you exercise, Kathy? You have a good meal. You put some protein in the meal, etc. Uh, protein powder. Okay. Protein uh, what, powder. What kind of protein powder are you using? It's a whey powder. Okay, that's yeah, good. That's good, yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to lose some weight, so I'm, I'm up to the exercise, so it's very evident now. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not a lot overweight, probably 15 pounds. Okay. But um, that's what I'm working towards. Mm-hmm. But um, having the spasms and, and the cramping um, causes a problem. So. Well, if you try the calcium magnesium and it doesn't help, you ought to see uh, a good nutritional uh, <laughs> practitioner. Okay. All right. Well, I thank you very much. That was a good, good question, Kathy, and all the best to you. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Enjoy the show. I appreciate that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Caller number two, are you still with us on hold? Yes, I am. Oh, you are. Now, we, we are very close here to a break. Uh, do you want to call us back or you want to hang on? Oh, um, I'll... I'll just call back. You want to call back? Okay. Okay, I appreciate it. I'm really sorry, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll pay as much attention to you when we come back. I <laughs> <Okay. laughs> hope to help you with that, all right? Thank you. Thank you much. And uh, we're here with Dr. Dan Carter talking about natural alternatives to over-the-counter medication and prescription drugs. Uh, it's great to have you all with us. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus, and we will be right back.
And before we go back to Dr. Dan, we have our caller on hold. Caller, thank you very much for joining. Your name and how can we help you? Hello, Jacobus. This is Jana. Hello, Jana. And I apologize to the, to the two other people that I jumped ahead of. <laughs> quite I, all right. I have three questions. They're, they're fast ones. Okay. What about food-based calcium, magnesium, and also food-based C? Well, I think if you can get your uh, vitamins anytime from food-based, uh, well, from food, it's, it's much better because all of the cofactors for the nutrient are there with it at the same time. Okay, but I'm talking about pill form that is food-based, that is all right? Well, there's some uh, good quality food-based uh, nutrients. Uh, I think that they are probably well-absorbed because they do have all the cofactors with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They seem to be gentler, especially on the C for my daughter. Yeah. Is that, am I getting it right or am I just guessing? No, you're getting it right. Okay. Because it's uh, probably not as much concentration, but it's more absorbable, and it has the cofactors that work with it and make it work better. Okay. Next one. I've also heard, I agree on olive oil. I definitely agreed on, <clears throat> agree on coconut oil. I also agree on the organic butter. Mm-hmm. But I have heard that when you heat olive oil to a certain temperature, it, it changes its molecular structure. Olive oil is uh, mainly a monounsaturate meaning that's just got one double bond, and that's one of the reasons why it's uh, a healthy oil. Uh, but uh, the way I use olive oil is I use it after cooking. I use the coconut oil for cooking, or even butter, but uh, you can oxidize the olive oil's single uh, double bond and cause uh, a lipid peroxide and perhaps a trans fatty acid by overheating it too much. Huh. I like to use it on salads. <clears throat> I definitely cook with the two you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. The, and we're, so many people are getting us the coconut oils now that yeah. are the good qualities in town. So yeah. that is very impressive. It, it is tastes impressive. Great. It's wonderful. tastes great, too, by the way. Yes. Oh, God, it's great. Now, do, do you suggest a ghee, uh, which is clarified butter, or do you suggest just the, whole, the butter the way it comes? I just use uh, organic butter, okay. good quality organic butter. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Use the olive oil on the food after it's cooked. Okay, my last one is, I missed the one you talked about that is the family of turmeric. Could you tell me how, what it is again and how we actually take it? Do you sprinkle it on? Do you take it in capsule? Well, turmeric has a constituent within it called curcumin. And so if you use the spice, you're going to get less of the curcumin, but you'll still get a lot of the good benefits. Uh, the curcumin, if you take the capsule, okay, thank uh, you. it would f- be 500 milligrams three times a day with meals. Now, if you had a child that you wanted to have liver protection and all the good properties, I'd use half that dose and just open the capsule and put it on food. Mm-hmm. Is okay. it good to go for an extract, a curcumin uh, extract? Uh, well, curcumin, uh, if, the ex- if the product is standardized to, to curcumin, that's what you want to base your uh, dose on. Would you mind spelling this word? C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N. Oh, I guessed right. And does everybody have it? Is it easy to get? It should be commonly available, yeah. It's uh, readily available. Uh, Either under, uh, usually uh, you would look under turmeric, and you know how to spell turmeric. Yeah, I got that. And so, but some companies actually bring it out under curcumin. Okay, but you're telling me that I would prefer to have the curcumin Rather than the turmeric, uh, turmeric, I would get some in the turmeric, but 
that I would get more going straight with the curcumin. Well, right? the the uh, it is one of the active ingredients or in in turmeric is called curcumin. Uh-huh. And so uh, when you take a turmeric extract uh, in a capsule form that says turmeric extract, mm-hmm. usually on the bottle, either on the front or on the back, it will say that it contains a like a ninety ninety five percent. Uh, curcuminoids in there and so some companies therefore say well people have heard about curcumin so they put curcumin on the front but when you deal deal with curcumin on the bottle when you look at the back it will say turmeric in on the label and then it will say containing 90-95% curcuminoids in there so uh, either way um, the bottom line is look at the back of the label Mm -hmm. and find out what your percentage of curcuminoids is per capsule or per two capsules, whatever it is. Okay. I appreciate you guys. All right. Well, thank you, Jenna. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do we have anybody on hold, Chuck? No, we don't. Then uh, we're going to continue with Dr. Dan. Uh, we are talking about uh, the uh, hyper... We were talking about cholesterol, and um, I think that you were almost done with that. Yeah, I just want to finish up curcumin because it uh, really is good for cholesterol and it also is extremely good for the liver it protects the liver it's a liver protective substance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it increases liver glutathione which is the main antioxidant in 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 everybody's cell in every the best water soluble antioxidant available to man and it improves digestion so it's got so many good properties Uh uh-huh we've already talked about garlic uh but it can lower total cholesterol. It increases the uh, HDL and lowers the LDL. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very good uh, food to take also. And we've already talked about niacin a little bit as a uh, way to increase uh, blood circulation, but it's also good for lowering cholesterol if you have a real problem that you want to lower cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can take it to flush. With regular niacin, yes. regular niacin is extremely inexpensive, and you can uh, go to the point you're flush, and then you might know that you're saturated. Yeah. If you don't want to flush, you can use the inositol hexniacinate. So, folks, uh, if you go to a health food store, you should find niacin under the B vitamins because it is B3. And uh, it might either be after B1 and B2, you'll find niacin, or you might find it after your B12 because then uh, some people just put it by itself, but it is still a B vitamin. So uh, that's where you will find it. And like Dr. Dan says, uh, the the inositol hexanicotinate or niacinate, whatever it is, uh, just go for the flush-free niacin. That's the same thing. And Dr. Dan, uh, we have another caller on hold. Caller, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Your name and how can we help you? Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hi. Um, I heard you before talk about the, mixing the vinegar and water. Um, what I do, I, I, you know how everyone, um, stress affects certain parts of their body? Some people, one part, some people, another part. Well, I'm one of these, um, my whole digestive system goes wacky when I'm, um, under increased stress. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've been under a lot of stress for a long time. And sometimes it increases. Last week it was kind of a cluster week and it increased. Mm-hmm. Is drinking pickle juice, does that, because I can drink pickle juice without, you know, gagging on it like vinegar and water. Does pickle juice, I actually like it, does that uh, do the same thing as far as acid and all that in your stomach? Well, pickle juice is usually vinegar. 
Uh-huh. The so, only problem with the uh, pickle juice is there's a pretty high amount of salt. Uh-huh. And so, I'd, you know, if you don't salt your food too much, that, that'd be okay, but it's... Uh, that that would work, yes. What about bread and butter pickles? Don't they usually have some kind of a sugar in there too? To well, it has to be a flavor? sour pickle. Right, exactly. That's what you're talking about, Kathy, right? Right. Real sour. I'm, okay. I, you might have covered some of this, and I might have missed it because I haven't caught it all. But if you're a person where your um, digestive tract is affected by stress greatly, what are what are other what are other things that you can do? And I'm glad the last caller called because um, I didn't know. I've been cooking with olive oil, cooking with it, olive oil for 20 years. And uh-huh. I guess I'll cook with coconut oil now. And I mean, I use it raw too. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so I'm grateful so for how that. Hint. How does stress affect your digestive tract? Um, I I uh, get stomach aches. I get I uh, if I'm under a lot of stress, I actually get nauseated. Like I um, and there's a throat thing. Stress also, it goes like from my throat all the way my throat. Um, Sometimes I think I get nauseated because the stress hits my throat and it kind of constricts. Mm-hmm. And then and then that little thingy that makes you gaggy, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> the epiglottis? Yeah. The little hangy down thing? Yeah. <laughs> like like it actually tightens up my throat uh-huh. when, when I'm under um, stress. And then I'll start coughing or something and then yeah. I'll get gaggy. Well, stress can decrease the uh, protective covering of the stomach, mm-hmm. the mucus covering, and so you can feel nauseated from that. Uh, stress uh, was thought to, in the past, uh, cause hyperacidity and cause ulcers, but they found that that's not the case, that ulcers are actually, most ulcers are due to infection. But you can take a product called DGL, it's called deglycerized licorice root, mm-hmm. and that will really protect your stomach lining, and it uh, helps the whole whole GI tract, and will settle it down. Uh, DTL. DGL. DGL. Like DGL. From D- yeah, yeah, DGL. Okay, and you can get it at any health food. Well, yep. at a good health food store, you and sh- they're chewables, and you, they're chewable. You got it, Jacobus. Yes, we do. Okay. And so you chew uh, a couple before each meal. You chew them when you're in stress. And what it does is it protects your stomach. It doesn't decrease your stomach acid, so it doesn't bother your digestion. What about mastic gum? Well. Not, not much for this. Well, mastic gum is good if you've got a proven infection with Helicobacter pylori. Okay. That's the one that uh, causes uh, duodenal and stomach ulcers. All right. So the thing there, if you think you've got an ulcer, you need to be tested for Helicobacter pylori. That's the stomach infective bacteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and as far as like stress in the stomach goes, as far as the nausea thing, that, well, the nausea, that's better these days than it was. But four years ago, for about a period of a year, I, for some reason, um, got nauseated and threw up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. regularly and i and um can stress actually do that can you can you yes i can, can i can really uh it was a lot of it was you. unknown stress i mean yeah. unidentified stress but yet i felt, knew that there was things weren't right if right. you know what i mean it uh, was unidentified 
consciously at the time. But do you also not eat when you're stressed, uh, Kathy? I mean, I have, forget, to, I, I have to, to force myself to eat when I'm stressed, and I'm one of these high metabolism people that, and um, I, and frankly, I've been running on adrenaline for a very long time. But what happens if you're a fast metabolism person, Doctor Dan? Uh, couldn't that indeed cause the nausea if you? Kind of forget to eat when you have a high metabolism. Well, if your uh, blood sugar gets too low, you can get nauseated too. So, oh. so eating small meals more often Frequently. is beneficial, and it's really important for someone like you to eat pr- protein with every meal, and uh, stay away from uh, com- uh, simple carbohydrates because that'll affect blood sugar a lot more and cause hypoglycemia. What about like potatoes and stuff? Is that well? They're simple carbohydrates. See, that's my favorite food. Yeah, I'd, I'd stick more with proteins, uh, Meat meats. Stuff? I'm not a big, oh, thanks. But you can also, uh, can Kathy, do. one thing that you can think about is maybe uh, make yourself a shake in the morning and uh, put in some frozen fruit or banana or an apple and mm-hmm. uh, mix some fruits up and then add water, blend it up, make it like a, like a, like a sherbet. And then uh, you could add some of the fish oils that Dr. Dan was talking about. Uh, there is fish oils today, these days don't even taste like fish anymore. They're just oily. Oh, really? Yeah, they taste like peach or orange, uh, mint, uh, whatever you like. And then blend those in there and then add like a whey protein powder or a rice protein powder or an egg white protein powder. And um, so- those those are very good. And then usually within a scoop, that you get with those uh, proteins, you get anywhere between 17 to 24 grams of protein. If you take a couple scoops of that and you, you you make enough that you can fill a blender and you make it the consistency that you like, or three quarters of a blender, and then put it in a thermos uh-huh. and carry it with you or put it in a plastic bottle and have some, of course, in the morning, but leave the rest either in the fridge for when you come home or if you are around the house a lot. The other thing is take it with you to work and sip on it when you get hungry so that you always get some of the protein in in your diet. And as Dr. Dan said, you weigh yourself on the scale and you try to get about half your weight in grams of protein per day. Uh, so if you're like, uh, let's say an average person is maybe about 150 pounds, that's 75 is half, 75 grams of protein per day. So you make sure you get that either with meats or with uh, fish or with uh, some beans or nuts and seeds, but uh, the protein powders really can help you get there very fast. And, and what about like like things I could realistically um, eat eat and like, so I would be better off having like, Cheese and crackers. I would for uh, a snack and boiled eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, I think a boiled egg would be uh, ideal. I'd leave out the crackers because you got a lot of uh, simple carbohydrates. Simple carbohydrates again. there. Yeah. Cheese and uh, then egg. Or cheese would be okay. Uh, depends what the source depends is. Depends on the source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it is an organic cheese, uh, you're probably better off. Uh, the other thing is that uh, you got to keep in mind, Kathy, when, uh, and Dr. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you are, um, when you eat what your body is supposed to get, you know, a nice variety of food, we've talked about it over here, use the different colors. Of course, it is not always possible, maybe, with, if you, since, since you have a very stressful life. So that's why I said, you know, if you make a shake, once you start getting the nutrients in, in a shake, you have carbohydrates from the fruit, you have fats from the fish oils, and you got protein from the protein powder. You got all your three major groups covered, 
And then if you want to do, you can add liquid calcium magnesium to that. You can add uh, you can add green powders like a barley barley grass or something like that to it. And then you have what you need. Now, what you will find, Kathy, is that once you start eating the foods that your body can actually utilize and what it actually needs, mm-hmm. you find out very quickly that the craving for the other foods is going out of the window. But oh, once like you, pasta and potatoes and all that. Amazing, amazing. Uh, when, when you get what you need, you will not have those cravings for breads and cheeses and pastas and chips and all that stuff mm-hmm. as much. But if you don't get it, and your body, especially since you say you're dealing with a lot of stress and you're very active and sometimes forget to eat, what happens is then all of a sudden your body is reaching out to the things that smell good and look look quick, look good mm-hmm. and taste good that you can, yeah, and, and to get you quick get satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But and it doesn't nourish the cells. And if you're under a lot of stress, you need to make sure that you have nutrients that can help you deal with that. One of the most important of those are, are the B Vitamins. Well, the only thing that I've taken religiously and regularly for the last couple years um, are B12 every day. Okay. B12, B6, uh, and folic acid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a good combination? Well, that's a real good combination to prevent hyperhomocysteinemia. That's right. And heart disease. Good for the heart, yes. But uh, B5 is really the... Uh, anti-stress by b vitamin that oh, is really? pentothenic acid you'll yeah. find it in the store the pentothenic acid and what i'd do if i were you is i'd uh, get a real good adrenal supplement because the adrenal glands are the yeah, glands think... that deal with stress so that would yeah. be helpful too yeah and i think i can feel that my adrenal glands are well they would have to be um not in too good a shape when you're operating on adrenaline like I've been operating for so long. Right, because the adrenal glands produce adrenaline. They also produce cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Okay, well, thank you very much. I'm really bummed out about the olive oil thing. I thought I was doing good for 20 years. Well, just make it. it. (laughs) Well, just be happy that you'd hear it now and not 20 years now. At least I know now. now. Yeah, better late than never, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you, guys. Thank you, Kathy. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So uh, we are talking still about the, uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I mean it in a very positive way, about the hypercholesterol. We talked about the curcumin. And... um, um, very important, therefore, to take. Uh, and as Dr. Dan said, uh, the, the fish oils are very important. Uh, we are talking about garlic is very good. Uh, niacin is very good. Uh, in general, the B vitamins are very good for cholesterol. So is uh, so would vitamin E B. We haven't even talked about vitamin E yet, but that's another good one. And for the heart or the cholesterol. And um, is there anything else you would like to add, Dr. Dan, to that before uh, we go to the news? I'd just like to uh, move on to our next uh, topic of antibiotics. Well, let me news. ask you a question then. Yes. Okay. Um, we, uh, there, is a, there, is a, there is a line out by the company Dolisos. It's a homeopathic company, and they have a product called Gemo or Gemo Therapy, G-E-M-M-O, and it is drainage therapy, and they have homeopathic seed or the sprout, not the fruit, from the olive tree, the European olive. And so they, it's not the fruit, like you find olive fruit or olive leaf extract. And that says, in their literature, has shown to really be used as a chimney sweeper of the arteries. It cleans out any deposited cholesterol, helps people with hypercholesterolemia if necessary, but it is all natural. 
Um, I thought I'd throw that in there, throw it in the mix. Uh, people might want to read that and you understand, you know a little bit about gamma therapy. Well, I know a little bit. And uh, so it sounds like it'd be good to learn more about that. And uh, perhaps we could talk about that someday. Yeah, we should, because it's uh, it has shown good results. I've, I've recommended people take about 50 drops uh, four times a day for just a few days. And um, but uh, the people have come back and said they could tell a difference in their cholesterol. The cholesterol comes down dramatically because it is all cleaned out of the arteries. But in the combination with what Dr. Dan is saying, I'm sure we can really work on this cholesterol. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, about different topics and we will be right back. Caller, good morning to you. Thank you for holding on your name and how can we help you? Hi there, Max. I'm calling. How are you doing? Max, I'm well. Thank you very much. I really re regret that I wasn't able to catch your last show last week mm. on energy. I, yes. I'm hoping there's some way that you've got it archived and I can access it. I will work on that um, this week. I don't know how much time I have today, but I am a couple shows behind and I'll uh, try to have that show up um, this week okay. at some point. Really I'll, I'll have it up. I'll, ha I'll, I'll get it edited and work with my webmaster to get it on the air. Wonderful. I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks. I have a, a situation whereby I've been inhaling a lot of mold, and it's caused a bit of infection. And what I'd like to do is build up my immunity to be able to accept it rather than uh, taking antibiotics to fight it. And I'm not really sure which direction I should go with that, but um, I'm, I'm going to be exposed to more of this in, by inhalation uh, from alfalfa. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering what supplements might help me excrete this or process it or deal with it without having to get some prescription for antibiotics, which I abhor. Well, that's uh, real great because we're talking about uh, natural alternatives to antibiotics right now. That's what we're going to go into. And so there are certain things that you can take long term very safely to increase uh the ability of the immune system to get rid of things that you don't want in your body. The first thing I'd start on would be vitamin C. I usually get that in the form of fruits. I eat a lot of fruits. Okay. Um, so, so that part's covered. Um, but I'm looking for some way. I think what's happening is because it's a dark, warm place, it keeps growing in my lungs. Um, once I'm exposed to it, and I'm looking for some way to fight it inside that environment. Well, I would, uh, once you get up to a very high dose of vitamin C, it, it acts more pharmacologically. And uh, when you get about above about 10 grams, you get a different effect than you do below that. So in addition to your fruits, I'd take uh, vitamin C. And if it's a real problem, I'd take it to bowel tolerance. Bowel tolerance is where your guts start to rumble, and if you don't stop taking vitamin C, you get diarrhea. Hmm. And when you're at that level, your body is totally saturated and absorbing as much as, as it can, and it ha has a, a totally different effect hmm. on fighting infections. I thought, actually, that the body doesn't absorb more than 250 milligrams well, a day. that's wrong. That's wrong. That settles that. <laughs> because if, if, there's uh, some, if there's some inhalant or something that would kill the mold. What about grapefruit seed extract? Uh, tea tree oil. Uh, you can. I hear people put tea tree oil in water and drink it. Well, they do. They do. Um, for a lung condition like that, uh, 
you can actually do you have a nebulizer I don't know what that is. A nebulizer is a little uh, device that allows you to inhale uh, substances that are in a solution with normal saline. Oh, okay. I thought, uh, yeah, like an atomizer, I used to call those. Yeah, it's an atomizer. Okay. But uh, a lot of people with uh, lung diseases use nebulizer. And, and what would I put in this solution? Well, one of the best things to put in would be glutathione. Okay. And you'd have to get that uh, from a... Uh, practitioner's office a naturopath probably because you have to get a specific form of glutathione that is sterile and that's inhalable and that's a very strong antioxidant and Mm -hmm. it can help improve lung function a lot Mm -hmm. okay what about um, things like mullen does that help at all well mullen not uh, for this mullen is a very good uh, in tea form really great for the lungs it helps mm-hmm. strengthen them mm-hmm. and it's uh helps protect them that the sounds like a good idea so a mullen tea would be good and, uh, and does garlic help with this does garlic, garlic would be mold? good also yes i've been having a craving for garlic recently well pay attention to that okay <laughs> <laughs> i did i had some garlic last night and i did feel better yeah take uh, use garlic every day while you're experiencing this, and uh, every day while you're not for your heart. But also vitamin A is really useful uh, for any type of epithelial tissue, and that's what coats the lungs. Ah, okay. And uh, do you have any liver problems? Probably. Not, oh. not, not you know, uh, chronic, uh, but I do. I, I've impaired it quite a bit. Okay. Well, if your liver works well, you can use really high-dose vitamin A for a short time to knock out an infection. And I'm talking 150,000 to 300,000 international units daily wow. for like two weeks. Wow. And that is tolerable for most people that have a functional liver because, you know, vitamin A is uh, fat-soluble and it's stored in the liver. What uh, foods would be high in, in A? Well, nothing's going to be that high. Yeah, that sounds like an awful lot. Uh, you'd have to take real vitamin A, not beta carotene. But if you want to get rid of this, uh, it can really work well at those doses. And then you decrease to uh, you know, 30,000 units a day for another uh, couple of months. The good thing is that vitamin A is actually very cheap. It's uh, You get maybe 100 capsules of uh, 25,000 units uh, you know, per capsule uh, for about... 395 495 wow so you know if if you're doing like dr dan says and you would uh you would go through a bottle like that six capsules for 16 days is 96 capsules uh for four bucks five bucks uh, it's really not that bad that's not bad at all no it's not bad now on cooking you all were talking about cooking with different oils and such Uh, my favorite way of cooking has always been with butter or bacon fat is there something wrong with either one of these cooking methods? No. Uh, butter is a uh, naturally saturated oil, so it doesn't uh, get oxidized when you cook with it. And bacon fat is also saturated. Now, what about lamb fat? Any of your uh, <laughs> animal fats like that are uh, solid at room temperature, meaning they're saturated, and so that's uh, that would be a good fat to cook with, too. So might be even better than bacon or butter, huh? Well, yeah. 
all the heart disease started when the uh, natural fats, uh, such as suet, you know, from beef mm-hmm. and uh, pork fat, the lard, they started substituting uh, margarine, saying it was healthier, and it definitely is not. Uh, you, know, you need to watch uh, present-day animals for uh, antibiotics and hormones, how much they contain, and pesticides and herbicides. But uh, from a fat damage standpoint, it's much better to use animal fats to cook than any of the uh, vegetable oils or uh, margarine. Or mm-hmm. You know, that's something that's always puzzled me, is why the Eskimos can eat whale blubber and all this sort of thing and didn't have any heart disease. Um, and yet they've got one of the highest fat content diets uh, on the world. That's because they had so many uh, omega-3 fatty acids, and a lot of times they didn't cook them. They ate them raw, Ah. and so they uh, got fat, but they didn't have any heart disease. Well, you need fat to uh, have available calories in a cold climate. Oh, you bet. And it always puzzled me why everyone said that fat was... uh, damaging hearts and, and the great killer like uh, like a pesticide almost and yet uh, the Eskimos um, have been living like that for years and thriving through it. Well it's the bad fats it's the commercial oils made from uh, cheap uh, sources that, that are bad, highly refined there's no nutrients left in them a lot of lipid peroxides because they're uh, processed at high heat and so uh, So the lower you cook something the better it is for you? Yeah, if you keep a little water in your pan while you cook, uh, you never get above the boiling temperature of water. You have to cook a little longer, but meats come out very tender. Vegetables come out good. Hmm. That's very interesting. Well, thank you for uh, informing me on that, and I really enjoy the show. You all have a good day. Thanks, Maxim. Uh, 5870171 is the number, and uh, that gives you a chance to, for about another 13 minutes, to talk to Dr. Dan. If something uh, is bothering you about a certain medication that you're taking at this point, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, we have covered quite a bit already today about heart, and we're talking about and cholesterol, and we're talk, going to talk now about antibiotics. But if there is something else that you want to throw in there in the mix, uh, by all means, uh, we're ready for you. I know Dr. Dan is. I'm still uh, holding on to the table at times. But... Uh, <laughs> And we're going to talk about it. So uh, you, it's good that Maxim calls. We got right away into our antibiotics, and that's a, that's a huge topic. Uh, I think that a lot of damage is being done in the modern society uh, by the overprescription of antibiotics, and that has really damaged people's guts and the, 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 the intestines. And because of that, we don't absorb the food good, so the cells don't get very strong, don't stay very healthy. And uh, I really want to hear what you have to say, but we have a couple callers. Caller number one, uh, what is your name and how can we help you? Dr. Dan? Yes? Uh, I got a good friend who's a physician, and and he wants me to take Lipitor. And uh, I was just calling to find out, if is there anything I can take instead of Lipitor that'll uh, get my um, cholesterol down? Yes, uh, I would... How high is your cholesterol? About 210. I would, yeah, I would uh, def- definitely not go on Lepitor, but yeah. I would definitely look at uh, the other risk factors for coronary artery disease, like uh, inflammation and uh, hyperhomocysteinemia. 
But uh, you do not need to go on uh, a statin drug at a level of 210. There are so many other things that will work well for it right. that we've talked about today. Isn't the ratio actually more important? Well, uh, you need to look at your HDL level. You know. HDL level is pretty good. It's around 50 to, to 60. Then I wouldn't even consider statin drugs at okay. that level. Good. But I would look at the other uh, risk factors for coronary artery disease. The only, the only risk factor that I have is, my, is, is uh, genetics with my dad's side of the family. Uh-huh. And uh, so I've been aware of that my whole life. But uh, this guy wants, you know, he's a, he just uh, prescribes this stuff, like, pretty easily. And I'm, I'm trying to go the natural way and uh, not take that stuff because it does affect me. Well, they follow the guidelines, and that's what they're trained to do. So I can't, yeah, right. can't fault that. Right. So, uh, you know, taking the, the uh, curcumin. Wait a minute, curcumin? Yeah, curcumin at 500 milligrams three okay. times a day. 500 three times, all right. Start eating some garlic with uh, meals once a day. Now, that's just natural garlic? I mean, no pills or anything? Well, the pills work, yeah. Pills, okay. Yeah. And what else? A high-fiber diet. High-fiber, okay. Helps take out uh, cholesterol. Lots, uh, a lot of apples and stuff? Apples and uh, oats. Okay. Have the soluble fiber that lower cholesterol. Can I jump in here just a second? You uh, bet. When you say uh, garlic and garlic capsules, uh, caller, then um, I, I often see we are so trained by medical doctors that when you are taking some kind of a prescription drugs, that it is a one a day. You only have to take this little tiny tablet once a day. Right. Uh, what you have with natural uh, uh, products is sometimes you can take one a day, but a product like garlic is really a whole food. And so you probably will not get a whole lot of benefit by taking a capsule a day. You can take as many as you want. You cannot overdo the intake of garlic. And and when you take uh, a product such as Kyolic, which is an aged garlic extract, which has been around for the last 50 years, actually, um, that would be a good thing. But even if you decide you're going to take 12 a day, then that is, that is not a problem. You will not overdo it. And, and it's the same with things such as fish oil, flaxseed oil, which are good fats for the body. I talk to people that take one capsule a day, two capsules a day. Okay. There are... If you look at flaxseed oil, especially when you're dealing with cholesterol, then uh, you're looking at about a couple tablespoons a day, okay. and and that would be about 18 capsules. How about cod liver oil? Cod liver oil, I would strongly suggest a tablespoon okay. a day. That's what I'm doing that, okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, thank you for that. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. How about a substitute for Lexapro or, uh, you know, the, the depression uh, medication? I would take... Uh Cod liver oil, definitely, because yeah. it's so important for the nervous system. Okay. But 5-hydroxytryptophan is uh, as effective or more effective than most antidepressants. That, that, well, can you say that again? That, but it is, uh, actually, you'll find it in the health food stores on the 5-HTP. 5-HTP? So it is the, that HTP stands for hydroxy. Uh-huh. Tryptophan. T-R-Y-P-T-H-O. Am I doing this right? Trypto, trypto. T o p h a n e. A n e. Okay. There you go. And this is it. You can get this in your store. Yes, we can. Great. Yes, wow. and and probably what well, Dr. Dan, uh, I don't know how much you suggest, but usually I would figure start with a hundred milligrams and do it twice a day. Would you agree or with that? Well, 50 milligrams three times a day would be fine too. But it's five HTP is known as the happy amino acid. A happy amino. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Wow. 
And it is made in the brain. It is it is uh, one of the precursors to uh, serotonin, and uh, or you've probably heard about serotonin in the brain. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again converted into melatonin. Which a doctor friend of mine said that the best thing I could do would be to exercise. <clears throat> so I'm getting up to over an hour to almost two hours a day. So that that I think is helping a lot. I've always been a runner or a walker now. Uh huh. That's good. Yeah. So I, I but I, I don't. This this drug thing is out of control. I mean. Uh, I just read uh, Friday in the Wall Street Journal where they're paying doctors now to uh, to promote their medicine to other doctors and not the sales reps now. Hmm. They're paying them, uh, other doctors, to have, have a symposiums to sell drugs, you know, certain types of drugs to other doctors because they find it's more effective than the sales rep guy. Interesting. Isn't well, that amazing? Yeah, it, I can see. Yeah, it's out it of control. Is. I mean, it, it, they'll do anything to sell that stuff. To sell that stuff. Well, the other thing that you bring up, caller, is uh, the fact that, of you don't bring it up, but I want to share that with you, is that there is a strong movement going on at this point to try to eliminate the uh, the the sale of uh, um, nutritional supplements in the United States. And uh, yep. they have approved of it in Europe. Uh, that was uh, beginning of July, about a week, week and a half ago. The courts in Europe have decided that they would go ahead with the ban on supplements. Really? And yeah, and uh, they were trying to fight it. Uh, organization in England said, "But uh, can you can can the opponents of nutritional supplements prove that uh, 200 microgram of chromium picolinate is dangerous?" Uh, of course, they couldn't do that, and uh, but they have still banned it anyway. And uh, so, and they're trying to make that part of the United States also because the United States is part of the same organization called Codex Alimentarius. And um, somehow I cannot imagine that it is going to happen with the tremendous amount of supplements that people are using in this country. But uh, it is definitely something that we need everybody's support to talk to your senators and congressmen, write them a letter and say that you will not accept uh, the ban of supplements. They just want to eliminate their competition, don't they? Yes, and it's a very cheesy way to do it. Oh, man. It's the the drug companies that are pushing the codex. Because they uh, want to control everything, right. not only uh, pharmaceuticals, but nutritional. Well, well, I'll tell you, I, I will write the two senators here. And the governor, would that help the governor? Anybody that, yeah. uh, well, I would say probably Denny Reberg, and then, of course, the two son- the senators that we have. Right. They need to know that yeah. we cannot have it. And I would just keep my eyes open for it. A great website to go is, uh, sup- uh, is supplements.org. Uh, or you can go to citizens.org. Okay. I think actually it is OurSupplements.org, something Our, like that. O-U-R. And, O-U-R and then Supplements.org. Yeah. And the other one is uh, Citizens.org, which is an organization, grassroots organization called Citizens for Health. And they will keep you up to date to the minute pretty much on what is going on in Washington, as far, especially as far as our health is concerned. Yeah. I tell you, this is unbelievable. Well, that'd be, it, it would seem to me there'd be a riot. Uh, we'd actually have a revolution in this country if they were to try to ban all these good things. Yeah, it would be very it would sad. It'd be horrible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Dr. Dan, and uh, the other one, I thank you Jacobus. for your time. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's quite all right. But I know there's answers to, you know, to these uh, uh, supplements that'll do the same job, and I just have to 
have to get out and do it now. But right. I, I also want to remind you that uh, one thing that we always talk about, and Dr. Dan, maybe even stronger than anybody else, I shouldn't maybe say, say that, but no, it's true. lifestyle, lifestyle, yeah. it is a combination of supplements. Supplements are there to supplement your diet. You right. cannot just figure that, just like, see, what doctors are trying to do, they try to tell you that you do not have to change diet or lifestyle because they will not tell you exactly what to do. You might say, well, you just got to watch your diet. Well, you can look at your food, but that doesn't, it's not the same as watching your diet. It depends what you eat. And, and so the, the doctors say prescription drugs can pretty much take care of the problem. I think that what we trying to do with this program is educate you about a healthy diet, whatever that it will be, and, and do so, do healthy lifestyles, uh, watch your stress levels, uh, watch your relationships, uh, spiritual health is also very important, right. and then take nutritional supplement as a supplement to all of that, right. not to replace it. I got you. No, I agree totally with that. I've been practicing that a long time, but uh, the doctors today, most doctors coming out of medical school, they just write, they get that prescription pad out and start writing immediately. And uh, and it's, it scares me because I've been around a long time and it yeah. seems like it's getting stronger, you know. So hmm. um, I heard you talking this morning and I have been on, uh, depre- uh, you know, um, uh, Lipitor, but I, I'm, I'm off of it now. And then I ha- have been on Lexapro and I'm, I'm off of that now, too. So I'm going to take your advice. Mm, wonderful. Well, yeah. all the best with that. I, I appreciate your time. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Caller, good morning. Thanks for joining. Your name and how can we help you? Good morning. My name is Mary, and I just would like to add very quickly that the first phase of the codex um, has been introduced now in the recent uh, passage of CAFTA, uh-huh. which is a new trade uh, trade agreement in, with Central America, and both of our senators support the harmonization, is what they call it, and so they are voting, uh, they have already given their opinions that they do support the passage of that, which would disallow us to... Um, use supplements, and um, also that there has to be a repeal of the Deshay Act, which will take a congressional vote. Mm. And so that's that's just kind of a heads up of that's where I understand it's at at the moment. Mm. And also, uh, Dr. Dan, I'd like to ask you very quickly, um, I take a, a slow-release nitroglycerin for a heart condition, and I was getting a refill, and there was a new pharmacist who you know, according to the laws, have to talk to the person who's getting their drugs. And he um, asked me if I was taking this to lower my cholesterol. And I was floored. And he said, oh, oh it's somewhat, it's sometimes prescribed for that. Uh, I've never heard of that. Can you explain? Uh, nitroglycerin uh, helps relax blood vessels to relieve angina. And I don't think it would have any effect on cholesterol. I thought it was a very strange comment. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. And thanks for that update. That is great. I appreciate that. So now you know where our senator stands. So only, only the vote, only the letters, the interest from the citizens to uh, to go call your senators and, 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 and representatives is the only way to really make a difference. So what is very important that we uh, we go after our own rights. Uh, there has not been any proof that prescription of that nutritional supplements have caused side effects that can cause death, especially not if you use them as a supplement. Uh, we all know that uh, Western medicine has caused a lot of damage by itself, and we gotta we gotta somehow keep our finger on the pulse. Dr. Dan, we're gonna have talk about this again. 
next time. And thanks for being here and all the best to you. Very happy to be here. All right. Folks, we will be back next week Sunday from 7 to 10 for another edition of Gesundheit with Jacobus. Have a good week. Talk to you then.